Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for August 21st, 2023. My name is Chris, I'm your host. It's a parade inside my city, yeah! They wrote me off, I ain't right back though. That's the problem, I ain't right back, let's go. And on today's episode, we are going to be going over the news about the Cowboys losing two rookies to torn ACLs, that being DeMarvian Overshone and John Stevens Jr. And I watched the All-22 for the offensive side of the ball, both the sideline and end zone view. So we're going to be going over that. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. So the Cowboys lost to Marvin Overshone to a torn ACL on Saturday in their preseason game versus the Seattle Seahawks. Look, this is not good news at all, but is DeMarvian Overshone the difference between the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl or not winning a Super Bowl? I don't think that he is. However... Winning a Super Bowl becomes a lot easier when you have more good players on your team. So the fact that you lose a good player from your roster lessens your chances to win the Super Bowl. It just, I mean, that's just a fact. DeMarvian Overshone, I thought, was going to be a good player this upcoming season. He showed some real potential this preseason. And it wasn't just he showed potential in the third or fourth quarter when they're playing against the third-team offense. No, this guy showed potential against first-team offenses. And the fact that he's not going to be on this team this upcoming season, is it's upsetting. Like, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, not, it's not ideal. It's just not, especially when you have a linebacker room that I thought was a bit light. Now, this means that the guys behind him, a guy like uh, Devin Harper, Jabril Cox, those guys are going to have to step up, no doubt about it, and they're going to have to fill his role. I think that I'm not sure how big the drop-off is between a guy like DeMarvin Overshone and a Jabril Cox or a guy like uh, DeMarvin Overshone and a Devin Harper. But DeMarvin Overshone, I believe, are, is better than both of those guys. And I think that his ceiling is much higher. Like, we saw DeMarvin Overshone, what he was as in a preseason as a rookie. That's not all the experience he was going to gain this upcoming season playing on the field. Because he was going to gain a lot of experience playing this upcoming season. And that's the thing with the rookies, right? What they are at the beginning of the season is not what they're going to be uh, by the end of the season. So you can have a rookie start off a bit shaky, which DeMarvin Overshone didn't. Like he came in and he showed out like in that first preseason game. And even in the second preseason game, I, you know, I got to watch the all 22 for the defensive side of the ball, but it seemed like he was doing some good things on defense when he was in the game. Okay. So what he is in his first game, isn't what he's going to be come playoff time and what he could have been come playoff time could have been a very useful piece for this defense like he could have been that for this defense but he's not here anymore like and it's I mean it's there's there's nothing more to say than just this is a shame but I mean ultimately we do have to we we have to send our prayers on a speedy recovery which of course I'm going to do and um, we also have to hope for the best when it comes to his uh, rehab process So while we're doing that, we also have to 
kind of take the approach that the Cowboys are going to take. It's the next man up. Who is there that's uh, going to fill this role for uh, DeMarvin Overshone in his absence? And I think that the guy that's probably more suited to do that is probably Jabril Cox. Because to me, DeMarvin Overshone is more of a will linebacker, and that's more so what Jabril Cox is to me, a will linebacker. And he did show some things in that uh, Seattle game after DeMarvin Overshone went out. The problem is with Jabril Cox, like there is a reason why they drafted DeMarvin Overshone in the third round when they have him in the building. There is a reason why he hasn't seen much time on the field. Now, granted, he did miss a season to a torn ACL. But my thing is, if you felt optimistic in Jabril Cox, why draft DeMarvin Overshone, a guy who is a will linebacker? He's the same type of linebacker as Jabril Cox. And, you know, when you hear when you hear guys like Brian Broadus talking to, uh, I believe it was George Edwards was the uh, linebacker coach. I get him and Skip Pete uh, mixed up, but I believe it was George Edwards that was the linebacker coach. He talked about Jabril Cox and he says, look, he's a very talented kid, but the problem is he would take two steps forward and then three steps back. I can't have that on a, on a team where I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I can't have that. So, you know, what is the Cowboys' plan of attack here? Do they go out there and sign a free agent linebacker? They could do that. I wouldn't mind that. But, you know, ultimately, uh, I think it's for the Cowboys to make back what they're, they were going to get with DeMarvin Overshone. It's got to be because one of these young players step up. And I think it's Jabril Cox is the guy that's going to have to step up. Now, maybe Devin Harper can be that guy. You know, but I look at him more as like a, a Mike linebacker type. I do like some things that I saw from Devin Harper. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, there's not much else to say other than this this sucks for DeMarvian Overshone. And and honestly, you know, shout out to him. He's taking this like a champ. His head's up. You you see what he's saying on Twitter. This is a great kid, man. This is a great kid. I can't wait to see him play in uh, live regular season action. I have high hopes for this kid. His ceiling is very high, not just as a football player, but as an individual. And I really hope for the best for this one. I'm I'm really, really rooting for DeMarvin Overshone. And the way that he's handled this, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's, there, there's not many, when, when you look in the world now, just to get a little bit deeper, the, the amount of positive role models that there are is not that high. It, it's not as high as, as it should be. And in that world where there's not many uh, people that I would consider great role models, this this kid definitely uh, puts himself into that role of being a great role model. I mean, just the way that he's handling this, I think a lot of people can take note of that and, and understand that, you know, because he understands this is a great position that I'm in regardless of the circumstance and I'm blessed to be in this position. So honestly, shout out to you, man. Uh, uh, keep that head up and and I can't wait to see you play my friend. So another player that the Cowboys lost in their preseason loss to the Seattle Seahawks is John Stevens Jr. He is an undrafted free agent rookie tight end who is making some plays in preseason and training camp. So this is unfortunate. Again, I don't think that it's the end of the world for the Cowboys, but when you talk about Having less good players on your team now, that's just the case here because I think that John Stevens Jr. could have been a good player for this team. You know, you can't look at it as they weren't a John Stevens away from winning a championship. Like, yeah, that that's probably true. Like, if you were depending on John Stevens Jr. to win a championship, then you probably weren't going to win one in the first place. But when you look at 
good players now not on your roster, which I think John Stevens could have been. That's just, it's the fact that you lost another, what could have been a good player on your roster to injury. And you just don't want to see that. You would like to avoid that at all costs. And so far this preseason, they've lost two guys that could have been good players on this team to knee injuries. And it's unfortunate. And they're both rookies who showed flashes, who I think had some real potential in this league. Now, granted, when you look at the tight end room, because we, you know, I do think it's important to say that we're we're all praying for a speedy recovery for both of these guys. We're we're praying for everything to go right with their rehab. However, we do have to talk about, you know, how they're going to replace these guys. And honestly, like when I look at the Cowboys tight end room, I still think that it's a good room. I still think it's, you know, a very solid room. You have your number one and your number two guy in Ferguson and Schoonmaker. That's not going to change. You have your third tight end in Peyton Hendershot, who I think is a perfectly fine third tight end. Maybe John Stevens Jr. would have been that guy, and maybe Peyton Peyton Hendershot would have been the fourth guy. And maybe you cut Sean McKeon, because I think that's probably what would have happened. They probably would have given the boot to Sean McKeon, because I don't think another team would have picked him up. Like I think Peyton Hendershot would not have cleared waivers, but I do think that Sean McKeon would have cleared waivers, and you would have been able to place him on your practice squad. Just because I think Sean McKeon's a guy that if you're not in the building and you're not in that offensive coaching, or if you're not on that offensive coaching staff, I don't think you see the value of Sean McKeon or the type of value that they see in Sean McKeon. Yeah, I think Sean McKeon, he plays a role, but you know, I, I think that you could probably find somebody better to play that role. Like they want him to be that H back, fullback type of guy. Uh I think you probably find better guys to play that role. I I just think that you can. Like that's the reason why they brought in Hunter Lipke. Because they think that Hunter Lipke could have been an upgrade at that certain position in that certain role on this team. And the fact that Sean McKeon's here playing that role, I'm perfectly fine with it because he's a perfectly fine player. You know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna, you know, change life for you. But that's gonna be the tight end room now. It's gonna be Ferguson at tight end one, Schoonmaker tight end two. Uh, Hendershot tight end three and and Sean McKeon tight end four and I think they're going to keep four tight ends on this team I just see that being the case because I don't think they necessarily look at Sean McKeon as a tight end I think they look at him like I said as that h-back fullback type of guy that can play tight end you know so um, overall I mean here's the thing right you know I want to I'm going to talk about the tight ends later when I go over the sideline view of what I saw the tight ends are going to be important on this team. McCarthy really likes his tight ends. And John Stevens could have been a very fun piece to have on this team. And, you know, it's unfortunate, man. It really is. So, you know, uh, like I said, with DeMar being overshown, I'm wishing him nothing but the best in his recovery from this injury. And I know that he'll come back stronger than he was before. And, you know, prayers up, my friend. Prayers up. Let's go over what I saw on the all 22 from the offense. We'll start off with the wide view. Something that I saw was that, uh, you know, early they really wanted to run the ball. Both Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, more so Malik or uh, Rico Dowdle, showed some things running the football. I think that they were able to run the football successfully. I think that, you know, you know here's the thing with Will Greer. I think that Will Greer has some talent. I think that he has a, a live arm. I think that he has a good arm. 
But the problem is everything else about Will Greer is just not good. His processing, uh, footwork in the pocket, he gets too skittish. His timing's off. I think he misses guys as well. I think there is a good quarterback in there somewhere, but I don't think that he will ever reach that potential in the NFL. And I think that he's reached his ceiling. He is a backup quarterback, and I don't even necessarily know if he is a good backup quarterback from what I saw uh, on Saturday versus the Seahawks. And honestly, what I've been seeing from him uh, over the course of his career, he's just not that good of a quarterback. And and I think that these receivers are getting held back by his play so far in this preseason. I just think that that's the case. You know, he uh, I can't even tell you how many times Kevontae Turpin got open. Like Kevontae Turpin could have had five catches in this game if he wanted to. I think that Kevontae Turpin did some really good things in this game. And, uh, you know, I think if Doc Prescott's the quarterback, maybe he gets the ball more. You know, Kevontae Turpin, to me, has impressed me so far throughout this, you know, preseason and training camp just because he actually looks like an NFL receiver. You know, I had some things to say about him last week when it comes to the fact that he muffed that punt return or he fumbled that punt return. That's the better word for it. You know, and, and I was down on him because that cost us points. And granted, I understand it's the preseason, but... You know, I I don't like seeing that stuff in the preseason. But overall, as a receiver, I think that even if you don't like what you see from him as a punt returner and think that that's not the role that he should be in, which I would actually disagree with, I do think that Kevontae Turpin should be the punt returner on this team. You know, granted, you're going to have to weed some things out throughout the first few games, no doubt about it. But what he's showing as a receiver, I think that he's deserving of a spot on this roster. I think he's one of the six best receivers on this roster, and I think they're going to keep six receivers. I just, I believe that. I think that he could play a role in this offense. Now, granted, look, as as a number five, number six receiver, you're probably only getting 10 snaps a game as a receiver, if that. So, I mean, that's something to take into consideration. I mean, he's going to be literally the seventh or eighth option on this team. And at that point, you know, it, it, it is whatever he brings you as a receiver, it is what it is. Hopefully, you know, he can have a better season as a punt and kick returner because I don't I, I don't think he had an all pro season like they were trying to illustrate last season. The league was trying to illustrate. This just wasn't the case. Like he did some good things, but he left too many things on the table. I mean, for example, look at that 49ers game. He should have scored a touchdown on that kick return. He should have scored a touchdown. No reason why you shouldn't have scored a touchdown on that kick return. You 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 hit it to the outside, and you have all the field in the world to go score a touchdown. He should have scored a touchdown there. That would have tied up the game, and you just never know from there. Maybe Dak makes a play in that game. You know, I I just oh man, Kevontae Turner, that, that, that play just lives in my head rent-free. But overall, as a receiver, I think that Kevontae Turpin's doing some good things. Along with, uh, I can't even believe I'd even start the, uh, you know, the segment off without Tolbert. Dude, Tolbert looks like a legit NFL receiver. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, here's the thing, right? What Tolbert gives you, it gives you the ability to play CeeDee Lamb in the slot 80% of the time. You know, look, here's my thing. If you want to look at CeeDee Lamb and say he's not a top 10 receiver because he plays in the slot, I think you're stupid, okay? And this is what I really want to say to you. Shut up, bitch! Because at the end of the day, if you're in the slot and you get 1,500 yards, that doesn't count for any less than a guy who's lined up out wide getting 1,500 yards. 
You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that Tolbert's going to get a lot of reps in this offense because ultimately, I think CD is going to play 80% of his snaps in the slot. Like, I honestly believe that this season because they have the guys on the perimeter to constitute CD Lamb playing that many snaps in the slot. And I don't see that as a problem. Create some mismatches in there. You know, fuck these Twitter trolls. Fuck these Twitter trolls. Fuck these TikTok trolls and these, uh, uh, you know, these analysts that want to go off about CD Lamb not being a real receiver because he plays in the slot however many times, even though he's played in the slot 50% of his snaps over the last two seasons. You know, if, if they want to, if they want to, Get their shit off. Let them get their shit off. But, you know, they're just not very smart people. Uh, It just is what it is. But, you know, what Tolbert brings you is the ability to, okay, Gallup, we're not liking what we're seeing from you. Put in Tolbert. Like, Tolbert has juice, guys. This is the second week in a row that he made a play down the field. Because that offensive pass interference uh, that they called on him last week was stupid. It really was. Like that was a bad call, no doubt about it. It was it was a bad call uh, on Tolbert. So this is the second week in a row that he, row that he was able to do that. He's stacking good games onto each other in the preseason. He's already stacked a bunch of good practices together throughout training camp. This guy has made that leap. He's where we want him to be, and he could be the receiver that we expected him to be coming out of South Alabama. You know, to me, him and Gallup are very similar as receivers. Both of these guys are ex-receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like both of them play on the outside. So you have that role settled. And I feel very good about this receiver room if Michael Gallup isn't the guy that we saw throughout the course of his career, because I think that Tolbert can be that guy. Like, I really think that this is a guy, if you give him the, the type of snaps that he would need he could get you around 800 yards this upcoming season. Like I honestly believe that this guy uh, is a legit receiver in this league. I'm very impressed with what I've seen from Tolbert so far this offseason. I'm very impressed with what I've seen from him so far in training camp and preseason. And and just man, talk about a guy who was very self aware. This is a guy who was self aware. I didn't have a good rookie season. That's what he he said to himself. I got to be better, and I will be better. And I'll put in the work to go be better. And I'll tell people that I'm going to be better while also actually being better instead of talking about it and not being about it. This guy is about it. Okay. Like, you know, there was some noise being made by some of the, you know, the beat writers or whatever it may be about like, hey, Jalen Tolbert's out there and he's talking a lot this offseason. You know, you better be able to back it up. Well, he backed it up. <laughs> he's backed it up and and he's taking a step forward. And man, I am... I'm over the moon with what I've seen from Talbert. Shout out to him, man. He was the most impressive player from this game, no doubt about it. Um, Jalen Brooks, again, like I think Will Greer isn't doing it any favors for some of these receivers. Like Jalen Brooks got open. Same thing with Tolbert. Tolbert got Tolbert could have had eight catches in this game. You know, Jalen Brooks could have had three or four catches in this game if if Will Greer would have found him. Now, granted, there are some other things that go into it, right? You know, the offensive line play isn't great. And I think because it isn't great, and I don't think Will Greer trusts his offensive line, uh, it's, it's you know, I think he's more so looking at the line more so than looking down the field, which is where his eyes should be. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's really feeling the pressure in that pocket. And, and I mean, rightfully so. It's the, the offensive line play hasn't been uh, great, but... Um, 
you know, Schoonmaker did some things as well. He had the two catches uh, in that drive that really featured the tight ends. Here's the thing. And I hate the fact that I have to agree with Dan Orlovsky on this, but I'm going to agree with Dan Orlovsky. If you make a good point, you make a good point. I don't care if you're Colin Coward. I don't care if you're Dan Orlovsky. I don't care if you're, you know, somebody who I really respect, like a guy like Brian Broaddus, who is a guy that I really respect that I don't put in the category of guys like Cowherd and, um, and Orlovsky because Brian Broaddus is excellent in what he does. doesn't matter who you are. You know, you can have a good take. You can have a bad take regardless of how much I respect you. And Dan Orlovsky had a really good take when he said this. Cowboys just got to embrace the fact that they're very good when they put multiple tight ends on the field. Whenever they do it, they always have a ton of success. And you see that drive coming out of halftime. They were using the tight ends a lot. This is what they're good at, which is why like when they drafted Schoonmaker, I was completely fine with it. Why? Because the Cowboys are really good when they have multiple tight ends on the field. And when you have multiple tight ends who can play the game at a high level, that makes your offense more effective. And the Cowboys need to embrace that. They need to embrace the fact that they're a different football team than a team like Philly who has two wideouts that are probably in the top 15. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. They're a team that's suited to air the ball out down the field due to the fact that they have an offensive line that holds up in pass protection and they have guys who can make plays down the field and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith just comparing the two teams. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that the Cowboys have multiple good tight ends that they can work work in in their offense. And I think that they need to embrace that. And they need to embrace the fact that Deuce Vaughn, regardless of his size, is the second best running back on this team. Oh, he is. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. He's the second best running back on this team. I have no doubt in my mind about that. He's better than Malik Davis. He's better than Rico Dowdle. I know he didn't have necessarily a great game. This past week, um, I don't think he had a great game at all. Um, I mean, he had that one touchdown, which was very impressive. But other than that, you know, there were, there really wasn't much juice from Deuce Vaughn. Uh, but I mean, also at the same time, we talk about the offensive line. The offensive line just didn't perform. It's it's not a it's not a good offensive line. The depth of this offensive line, the second and third team unit, is just not a good offensive line. And I think I can say that because they're going up against other second and third team uh, defensive lines. Or defenses, just defenses as a whole. They're going up against second and third team defenses. So the fact that you're not able to hold your own against those type of defenses, that's a problem. I have a, I have a big problem with that. That means that you're, you're regardless of what uh, what team you are, you're you're just not a very good unit. And when it comes to the uh, offensive line, uh, we'll talk about that. I got the cartel view as well. I watched that. Um, Overall, like, you know, I don't think that the offensive line was as bad as it was last week. I think that there are some characters that stand out. By the way, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to call myself this. Stupid. You stupid. You stupid. Seriously, I need to call myself stupid because I criticized Josh Ball on my live uh, in, you know, my post game live because I was watching the broadcast view and, and I'm sorry, uh, Josh ball has painted a, uh, or has given me a reason to criticize him. So when I see him lose a rep on the broadcast view, I'm like, Oh, there goes Josh ball again. Let's go. You know, what the hell are you doing? Why is he still on this team? You know, when I see him lose a rep, I kind of associate it to him having a bad game and I shouldn't do that. But the fact that he's given me a lot of material to do that, uh, you know, I think it's more indicative of his play. But I also got to take accountability and say I need to be better 
when uh, criticizing somebody by just watching the broadcast view, which is why I hate breaking down games while uh, after watching it on the broadcast view. I need to watch it on the All-22 to see what's really going on. Josh Ball had a good game. He had a good game. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't lie to you guys. He had a good game. To me, though, I mean, how many bad games has Josh Ball had? How many games have have I been on here and said, oh, Josh Ball, he didn't perform. And this is after watching the All-22. This this would be after watching the All-22. I still come on here. Josh Ball, why the hell is this guy on the team? So he had a good game versus Seattle. I need to see more. I need to see more. I need to see more from you, Josh Ball. Do it again next week. And, and, And honestly, I think it's probably too late for him at this point. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. He's not a good offensive lineman. He should not be on this team. I mean, when you... I'm, I'm going to get really pissed off here. When you have a guy on your offensive line that when a guy at his position gets injured, you can't put the guy on the field, why the fuck is the guy on the team? Why is he on the team? I mean, you saw last year when uh, Terrence Steele got hurt. They put Josh Ball on the field for like a quarter and a half, and the guy sucked. He was horrible. He wasn't good at all. And they didn't put him back on the field for the rest of the season. Why is the guy on the team? You know, look, I understand that there is a problem at offensive line that is league-wide. There aren't that many great offensive lines. However, you can find a guy better than Josh Ball out there. You can find a guy better than Josh Ball. No doubt about it. And you could have found a guy better than Josh Ball in that particular time in the offseason. Or in the regular season. You just could have. It's it's not a hard bar to clear. It's not. Why is this guy on the team if he's not, when a guy at his position, when they go down, he's not ready to step in? What is he doing on the team? I'd rather go get somebody else because the guy's just not good. So, you know, I, I do apologize. I shouldn't have went on a rant about Josh Ball there. We're just talking about this game in particular. And in this game, he had a good game. You want to know who didn't have a good game? Uh, Matt Wetzko. You know, he's not going to be, I don't think he's, uh, no, it's not going to be, I think he hurt his shoulder again. It wasn't the shoulder that he had uh, work on. It was the opposite shoulder. So that's something to take into consideration. But overall, Matt Wetzko is a guy that I just don't think has impressed. I just don't think he's impressed. I, I, I don't think, you know, he has really shown me much this preseason to be confident in this guy going into the regular season. You know, it, it's just, I expected more from the guy. I thought that the guy had more potential than what he's showing so far. And, you know, here's the thing. It is okay to miss on fifth round draft picks. It's okay to miss on fourth round draft picks. It is what it is. You want to hit on those guys, but the Cowboys have hit on fifth round picks. They hit on two fifth round picks last year with uh, uh, Deron Bland and Damone Clark. You know, they hit on uh, a fourth round pick, which is what Josh, I believe Josh Ball was. They've hit on those guys. They hit on a guy like Jake Ferguson. They hit on a guy like Doc Prescott, like Dalton Schultz. They've hit on fourth round draft picks. It's okay for this team to say, look, the guy isn't what we wanted him to be. We have to move on. We can't double down on our mistakes. Now, granted, Matt Wetzko is a different story due to the fact that he was injured last year and this is his second season, but you see it. I don't think the guy can be a, a good offensive tackle in this league. I just don't see it. I don't think he'll be a good swing tackle in this league. 
I think that honestly, Awesome Richards is a better player than him. I think Awesome Richards has shown more even in these first two preseason games than Matt Wetzko has ever shown. And we'll talk about Awesome Richards. Why not? Let's get into it. Awesome Richards is, I think, a guy that could potentially be a, at the very least, swing tackle on this team. He showed some really good stuff. And I think that his best stuff came at tackle, not guard. He played some guard and uh, he lost the rep there at guard. Uh, one that I was paying attention to. But I just think that, I mean, over the past two weeks, if you're telling me, if you're comparing his tape at guard and comparing it to what he put on tape at tackle, I think that you're, you see better, a better product at tackle than guard. And I think the Cowboys should embrace that. Um, you know, obviously, give him, give him the reps that you want at guard. Try that experiment out. But ultimately, I think that this guy is probably going to be a tackle in the NFL. I think that that's where he's going to reside for the rest of his career, which is completely fine, which is why like, if Awesome Richards can be a good tackle, that's that's a W. Like That's a W. This guy was a fifth-round pick. Okay, so if he if he's a good tackle for you and he's a guy that can potentially be a starter on your team, that's a W. Like, and that honestly gives you the flexibility to say, hey, you know, Tyler Smith, we think you could be a good left tackle, but we think we have a guy who's a good left tackle, and we think you could be a really good guard. We think you could be a really good tackle and a really good guard. But, you know, it's it's hard to find offensive linemen. We think that we found a guy who could potentially be a good left tackle. So because of that, we're going to use your versatility to our advantage, and we're going to keep you at guard, and we're going to put awesome at left tackle if that's what we could potentially see from this guy. If this guy could develop into being a solid starter, I think you just got to look at it and say, hey, there's our left tackle for the future. I mean, it could potentially be that. I mean, Awesome Richards has put some good things on tape. And, you know, I think there's some things to clean up uh, for Awesome Richards, but I don't think he's too far off. You know, he's shown more potential in these two preseason games than Matt Wetzko and Josh Ball has ever shown. Has ever shown in his first two preseason games. So shout out to Awesome Richards, Van Haverford School alum. I'm rooting for the kid, and I'm not even saying this just because I have a bias towards Awesome Richards. He's shown more than 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 he's he to me. He's been the best offensive lineman in the preseason so far for the Cowboys. He's been the best. I mean, T.J. Bass is another guy. We'll talk about him real quick. That has shown some things. Um, before we get into T.J. Bass, I want to talk about uh, um, Brock Hoffman. Not a very good game, but here's the thing with Brock Hoffman now. You know, this is a guy that was, you know, a third team offensive lineman that now has worked into second. And I believe he was taking some first team snaps as well. So overall, I, I, you know, I think that I've seen, again, more potential from Brock Hoffman than I have Josh Ball and Matt Wetzko. So, you know, Brock Hoffman, he's working his way in there. You know, I, I don't think he had a very good game. But I'm 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 fine with that because I'm you know I I didn't expect a lot from Brock Hoffman. We didn't use draft capital on Brock, Brock Hoffman. You know we don't have plans for this guy. So the fact that he was able to show you some things on the third team, and now he's worked his way onto the second team. I think there's a little bit of an adjustment period, and uh, you know hopefully this guy can continue to progress because you know he did he did some things he's done some things this preseason that uh make you look at him and say huh there might be something there with this guy so uh TJ Bass will go to him i think he's just putting together a good uh, a good preseason i really think he is i mean there was a run rep where uh 
He combo blocks the one tech and then he gets to the second level, blocks the linebacker, and he was able to be the catalyst for that big play from Wake Davis. I mean, he did some really good things in this game. And that rep in particular is something that stood out to me. So, um, you know, overall, I there are some bright spots on the uh, on the second and third team of this offensive line, more so uh, Awesome Richards and TJ Bass, two guys that you want to see progress, right? Because this is an undrafted free agent in TJ Bass. If you get anything out of the guy, that's great. And Awesome Richards, who's a fifth-round pick, you definitely want to see something out of this guy. Another guy as well, Earl Bostic, he gave up a sack in this game. I don't think he was necessarily bad in this game. This is a guy, undrafted free agent, you know, has some traits to him. Hopefully the Cowboys can uh, work with this guy. And I don't think if if they get rid of Bostic, I don't think there's going to be a bunch of teams lining up to sign this guy. I just don't think that that's the case. Maybe you put this guy on the practice squad, but again, undrafted free agent. So, you know, my leash for him is a bit longer than a guy like Wolatsko and Josh Ball, who have shown time and time again that they're not necessarily worth a roster spot. Well, not not Matt Wolatsko so far, but Josh Ball has shown that he's not worth a roster spot. And uh, Matt Wolatsko is starting to enter into that Josh Ball territory to where it's pretty much get off my TV, seriously. But, um, Offense as a whole, Tolbert was a bright spot. Davis, Dowdle showed some things. Vaughn, nice touchdown. Tight end showed some things. Uh, Some of the depth on the offensive line with Richards and uh, Bass showed some things as well. But I I don't necessarily think either of those guys are ready to step in just yet and be starters on this team if need be. I think that the Cowboys need to address that position. Um, On the bad side, Will Greer is holding back some of these receivers, I believe. And um, again, to me, I I don't know. I don't know. I I'm, I wasn't necessarily high on the offense uh, in this game, coming out of this game. But again, it's preseason. A lot of these guys won't be seeing much playing time. But, you know, overall, shaky performance from the offense. But that's going to be it for the episode there, guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button if you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe as well. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this at, please make sure to follow the show and leave a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. It is Monday. I know it sucks. Guys, hear me out. We are one day closer to football season. That's what you got to think. We're one day closer to football season. This weekend was so boring for me. I'm sorry. I do not find interest in preseason games. I just don't. I I, I do not. The only preseason games that I really watch are the ones that I watch back on the All-22 and the ones that the Dallas Cowboys play in. That's it. I just don't find anything outside of the Cowboys really interesting when it comes to the preseason. So uh, we're one day closer. We got Labor Day right around the corner. So we have a three-day weekend coming up pretty soon here. And um, yeah, let's get after this. Let's get after it this week, guys. You know, we we all have goals that we want to reach. Let's set them. Let's uh, hold ourselves to a certain standard and let's go achieve those goals and let's try and get better this week. So uh, without further ado, that's going to be it for the episode though, guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate the support for the podcast and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.